This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 53. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 36. Tuesday will be partly sunny with a chance of afternoon showers and a high near 59. Authorities have arrested a man who allegedly killed his estranged wife in Appalachian. According to New York State Police, 36-year-old Michael Crandall has been charged with second-degree murder in connection with the deadly attack during a domestic dispute. Troopers were set to tend Deborah Lee Drive around 3.30 a.m. last Monday when the violent disturbance was reported. 33-year-old Crystal Yall Crandall died of injuries she sustained during the dispute. Michael Crandall was taken to a hospital for treatment of lacerations to his neck. He was charged after he was released from the hospital on Friday. In addition to the murder count, Crandall was charged with three counts of criminal contempt. He reportedly violated an order of protection, directing him to stay away from the Appalachian residence. Property records show Michael and Crystal Crandall acquired the Deborah Lee Drive property in February of 2023. According to an obituary, Crystal Crandall is survived by three children. Before moving to Appalachian, she lived in Trumansburg. Binghamton police are investigating a report of gunshots being heard in a downtown neighborhood. Several Binghamton University students who live on Lyle Avenue told WNBF News they heard shots fired around 4.20 p.m. on Friday. Initial reports indicated the gunshots may have originated in the area of Exchange and Susquehanna Streets. Police patrol vehicles shut down Lyle Avenue between Exchange and Carroll Streets, just south of south of the Kaufman Southern Tier Incubator Building. Video from an apartment house surveillance camera showed a man running north toward Exchange Street just after gunshots were heard. People in the area say they saw a man heading toward the Security Mutual Building. A detective and a patrol officer were observed examining an area behind the Sentry Alarms building at 40 Shenango Street for possible evidence in connection with the investigation. This year looks to be a much better one for the U.S. economy than business economists were forecasting just a few months ago. That's according to a survey released yes last week by the National Association for Business Economics. The economy, look, the economy looks to set to grow 2.2% this year after adjusting for inflation. That's up from an earlier forecast of 1.3%. It's the latest signal of strength for an economy that's blasted through predictions of a recession. High interest rates were supposed to drag the economy down eventually, but the job market and household spending have remained remarkably resilient. Former President Donald Trump claims his multiple criminal indictments have boosted his support among black Americans because they see him as a victim of discrimination. He appeared to compare his legal plight to the historic legacy of prejudice in the U.S. 
legal system during a speech on Friday night at the Black and Circuit of Foundations Gala a day before the South Carolina primary. Trump argues he is the victim of political persecution, even though there is no evidence President Joe Biden or White House officials influenced the filing of 91 felony charges against him. A Binghamton building that has been vacant for more than five years since a CVS pharmacy closed is about to come back to life. Interior construction has begun at the retail site at 68 Main Street on the city's west side, next door to the abandoned Masonic Temple building. The building is being converted into a 10,800-square-foot Dollar General store and is expected to open in April. Dollar General is based in Tennessee. The company has been expanding rapidly across the United States in recent years. Dollar General closed an existing store on Main Street in Johnson City when it opened a new unit in a larger space nearby. The Dollar General store slated to open on Binghamton will be open will be located about one block west of a family dollar store. State police say law enforcement officers in Pennsylvania shot and killed a man who fired at them during a domestic violence call. York County's prosecutor said officers responded to a Spring Garden Township home shortly after 11 p.m. on Friday after a man broke into the home of his estranged wife. District Attorney David Sunday Jr. said 34-year-old Peyton Sells of Spring Grove fired a shotgun, forcing an officer to dive off the porch and later fired from a second-floor window before coming out the front door with two handguns where he fired again and was killed by return fire from law enforcement. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, Monday, February 26th. Go ahead, call in. Your call is important to me and to everybody who listens to Binghamton Now, 607-772-1290. That's the number. Go ahead. If you have something to say, say it on our radio program. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning there, sir. It's uh, Dave from Vestal. Uh, good weekend, Bob. The best. The best? Yeah, sometimes I know. You, you always have the best weekends. I don't know how you do it. Um, hey, you know, I listened to our news, your news there, and I get a kick out of um Donald Trump claims that uh, he's a victim of political persecution, although there's no evidence. <laughs> who, who investigated? <laughs> I, that's funny, Bob. Yeah, I mean, there's no evidence that he's a victim of anything. He's been playing the victim, though, for decades, and I admire his uh, acting ability. You know, someday he might win an award from the National Association of False Victims. Aren't you guys embarrassed to say that on the air? You should be. Well, we're not, so we report the truth. No evidence that he's been victimized. There is evidence that he uh, probably 
has uh, violated some laws and certainly owes hundreds of millions of dollars. And that, uh, that money soon will add up potentially to uh, additional amounts as uh, additional verdicts come in. So of all the people in public life, he certainly is one. There's no evidence. Okay, well... There's no evidence. No, no conclusive evidence. However, for those who support him, they'll continue to uh, go through life thinking that uh, he is uh, one of America's biggest victims. And, um, you know... However, the sane people would, would tell you, he's not a victim. If anything, he's one of the luckiest guys to ever live in this country. He should be counting his good fortune. And as some people would say, his blessings. Bobby, you know what I did this morning? I, I forced myself I, I, this morning for like two hours straight. And I never do this. I, I forced myself. I even had my wife hide the remote so I couldn't turn the channel. I watched M MSNBC that long, Bob. It, it was it, it, at first I was frustrated, but but then it was like watching George Carlin. It was funny, Bob. And, and my question to you: Would MSNBC still be on the? If not for Donald Trump, if he never came into the picture, Bob, would they even be on the air? Would there be a Joe Scarborough doing any of this? I mean. Would they even exist, Bob? Yeah, except they'd be covering good stuff instead of having to cover the uh, the claims of victimization. Now they carry they cover him because of the clicks. Uh, their website needs the clicks. Their cable channel needs the eyeballs. So hey, you know it's it's sort of like a, a car crash. A lot of people will look at it, even though they know really they should avert their eyes. But sometimes, you know, when there is uh, wackiness going on, you can't help yourself but want to, like, what is that guy doing? What is that guy doing? Why doesn't he stop? <laughs> so they would cover real news. They wouldn't find another villain, and it's not for him, right? They might find somebody else who portrays himself as a victim. You know, We live in an era of um, victimization, at least where people claim they're victims. And it's ironic, you know, some of the people who make it seem like they're the biggest victims, in fact, are, are probably among the most fortunate among us. You know, there's a billionaire. Think about this. A billionaire, so he says. And um, he's acting like everybody's against him. Well, if he's a billionaire, that can't possibly be true. Uh, yeah, Bob, before I go, let me run this by you real quick, too, because you know, I watched a lot of news over the weekend, and, and I think I brought this up last week. But uh, that poor girl down in Georgia, what happened, guy shouldn't have been here from Venezuela, murdered her. Bob, the coverage, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, ABC over the weekend gave 25 seconds on that. NBC zero, CBS zero. I, uh, you know, I get yeah. Most most killings in America get zero seconds of coverage on national news. Eliza Spencer, she was killed nearly two years ago on Binghamton's East Side, uh, an unsolved murder. Her story has received zero seconds of coverage on any network. Well, we gave it. We gave it some. We gave it news locally, Bob, because it was deservingly right. Killings get local coverage. 
So most most homicides in America and the world get no national coverage. You know that. But, okay. So, Bob, let's give credit where credit is due. I, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter what you think about Fox, but Fox covers all the news, Bob. You have to admit that. They cover all stories. These other stations... They're not doing that. They, the optics for Biden at the border, they don't have cameras down there. They're not down there covering a huge story. And it is huge, Bob. It's definitely newsworthy. They aren't. They don't want to make Biden look bad. The allegiance to Biden. The media makes me sick, Bob. They're so biased. Well, then get to a doctor if you're sick. Stop wasting time on the phone. Get to a doctor. If you're really sick, call 119. <laughs> cover the news, Bob. Why can't they just cover the news fairly? Give us all the news. They, they protect the guy. The guy doesn't need protection. I mean, he needs a lot of other things, but what he, he doesn't need protection from the media. Their allegiance to Biden is obvious. They want him to badly win this upcoming election. He's not going to badly win. You look at 2020, he easily won. And sadly, for the Brand X, Brand X was repudiated. I mean, there was no doubt about it. When you lose, when you lose a presidential election by more than 7 million votes, that means your fellow Americans have said, get out of here. Stop wasting our time with the wackiness, with the chaos, with the confusion, with the victimization. We're sick and tired of the antics. If only you had been presidential for three years. He could have been one of America's great presidents. He had a chance to salvage his presidency if only he had behaved himself in the 90 days before November 2020. But he couldn't stop with the antics and therefore... He was shown the door by his fellow Americans. Uh, would you agree with me that uh, all news networks should cover all newsworthy items? No, because it's impossible. All news networks can't cover all newsworthy items, all newspapers, all news radio stations. Nobody can cover all newsworthy items. It's just impossible. There are so many great news-worthy items. Inevitably, some can't get covered. There's only so many hours in the day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, at, least, one, yeah well, at least, you know, it's always good to hear honesty and integrity in the media. And you will hear that this week on Binghamton Now. 918, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? My name is Peggy. And where are you calling from? Brampton. Good morning. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, your host is on my mind. Do tell. Elaborate. Well, do you have any evidence? Just such a Biden fan. If you have any evidence that what they say is not true... Because you're so after Trump. Do you have any evidence that that's all true? I'm not after anybody. I love them all. No, you don't. Okay. That's all, that's so what? what is your opinion? So what What do you think? Don't 
don't ask what I think. You hear what I think daily on the program. So don't, you don't have to question me. Tell me what you think. I haven't heard you in eight months, but you haven't changed your your language. Um, I think that they hide Biden. I think he's the worst president ever. Um, I do like Trump, but if there was someone else running that is just as capable as Trump, that might be my pick, too. But Biden is not a good person. Not at all. Well, I think Republicans still have time to find a decent candidate. Why would you hitch your horse, figuratively speaking, to a guy who was fired by the American people? Wouldn't you look for a person with new ideas, new energy, new enthusiasm to captivate the American voter? Well, that would be nice, too. But the people that they, he has let through the border... Um, personally, I know that there are private cells that they can be activated at any time and we will be hit. And that just scares the hell out of me. As it should. He doesn't care. As it should. I mean, we, we were hit on September 11th, 2001 because President Bush and his people didn't do their job. If, if national security was paramount, perhaps the 9-11 attacks could have been averted. But sadly, President George W. Bush and his people didn't protect nearly 3,000 Americans who died that day. And then many, many others who have died of ailments as a result of what happened on 9-11. So let's face it, that's a that's exhibit A for a total disregard for Protecting the American people. When we have uh, a terrorist attack of the magnitude that we experienced on September 11th, 2001, that shows you why people have to pay attention. And that's, that's exhibit A. Why, why America can never, ever let something like that happen again. Okay. You want something else? I, I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm ready to go get two MRIs that I have to pay $600 for. But I go across the border and come back, I probably don't have to pay for it at all. Well, that's the thing. If you go to Canada, you know, they have a, a better health system. And so far as uh, not having to pay so much for necessary medical procedures and and prescription drugs, I agree. If you go across the border to Canada, I know people have gone to Canada for uh, some fairly routine procedures because they were able to save thousands of dollars. I could go to India and get an MRI for $64. Sure, sure. You, if, if you wanted prescription medicines, there are dozens of other countries around the world where the medications are amazingly inexpensive compared to what Americans are being charged by the gouging pharmaceutical industry. That's totally true. Yeah. So I'm uh, on I'm on your side. I mean, I I hear what you say about Biden and I hear what you say about uh, the former guy, but in the end ultimately I'm on your side. 
Okay. I wish you well. Thank, thank you, you for taking. Sure, and thank you for calling in. I hope your day goes well. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye. It's nine twenty-three. WNBF. I'm on your side. Well. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. It's Gary on the West Side. Good day to you. Well, good day to you. Thank, thank you. So I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I know that uh, people are upset about the marijuana hut over there on Court Street. You know, they feel it's going to be like a pipeline to the school right down the street. And I don't hear any of the people calling up about what Governor Hochul just proposed uh, to go alcohol sales at bars and restaurants. So if you're in a bar, Bob, and uh, it's time to go home, you can get one to go now. Well, you could get one to go because since COVID, they've done that. So, I mean, what could go wrong there, Bob? I mean, uh, you know, somebody who's been in a bar drinking and now they get a drink to take, quote, unquote, home with them. Like they're not going to drink that on the way home. Nobody's upset about this. Drunk driving is a big issue in our country. Nobody calls in people calling in about marijuana oh it's horrible it's this that what about alcohol what about it you know i don't think it's right that we should have this giving letting people who are in the bar already been drinking to have be able to take alcohol home with them do you see anything that can go wrong with this bob everything can go wrong and governor apparently governor hochel is on the side of the uh liquor industry you know, I would take a close look at campaign contributions. Has Kathy Hochul received money from the liquor industry or money from associations that represent bars and taverns? My guess is, yeah, probably. That's a guess. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't looked, but I, I would say uh, a journalist, maybe somebody who works in journalism, should look at the... Um, campaign cash to see how much money Hochul has received from uh, interests that stand to benefit from allowing people to continue. You know, who who thought that was a good idea ever to begin with, even during the pandemic? Have people go to uh, bars and take stuff home? I'm using air quotes. No, no, if, if, if people need alcohol, that's why we have liquor stores and beer stores. People can get their beer and liquor at regulated retailers, and then they can take it home. There's less likelihood. I mean, they still can. I'm sure I don't, I can't prove it, but I suspect there are still some people who buy um, a 77 pack of, uh, you know, cream ales made somewhere in Rochester, uh, bring them out of the store and and have one in the parking lot but i don't think it happens all the time but you know if kathy hochel i think based on her actions over the last several months i think kathy hochel wants most of us to be drunk and high <laughs> oh god hey but bob what what is an open container law Right. I mean, let's say I'm at the bar and I'm drinking rum and cokes and another rum and coke for All right. So they put it in a cup. They put a top on it. That's not an open container. I don't know. I don't know the law. But but the other thing is, notice nobody in law enforcement is speaking out against it. You don't hear Sheriff Akshar or uh, who's the guy in Tioga County who you never hear from anymore. Sheriff Howard. 
Or who's the police chief in Vestal today? Oh, we don't know. Andy? Andy Griffin? We don't know. We don't know who the police chief in Vestal is. We don't, we don't, we don't hear from the Endicott police chief, the Johnson City police chief, the Binghamton police chief, the state police, or anything about that law that allows people to, uh, grab some drinks for the road so they can take home with them. So obviously they don't care about it. If they cared. Good point. Look, we hear from sheriffs and other people in law enforcement every time that someone gets let go uh, because of the so-called bail reform laws. So they're not afraid to speak out about some things, but they are afraid to speak out about Kathy Hochul's proposal to uh, apparently make this alcohol-to-go thing permanent. So must be, must be they think it's great. Good point, Bob. I agree yep. with you 100%. So here, here's the thing. Sheriff Akshar, Sheriff Howard, uh, the police chiefs of Binghamton, Endicott, and Johnson City. And if there is a police chief at the moment in Vestal, we don't know from one minute to the next. But they're all welcome to call in to publicly express their thoughts about the proposal. Maybe they think it's a great idea. I'm not going to jump to a contusion. That would hurt. Well, thanks for letting me get that out. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, I'm on your side. You know, it's nice. In this day and age of nonstop chaos, at least you know there's one person who's on your side. Sounds like a positioning statement to me. Bob Joseph, he's on your side. Maybe it is, but still, I am. 607-772-1290. What do you think? From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. Good morning. Gonna get you a Vaughn Monroe record. 
insufferable. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I what what can you do? It's Monday morning. Got it. You know, you know the secret for good talk radio. You got to mix in a little bit of controversy helper. Was it, were they Timbales? Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for the. Uh, if looks uh, could kill, they roll. probably will. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my goodness. We're having a good time, and it's only 20 minutes into the program. Anyway, welcome to the new week. Anything wacky going to happen this week, Johnny? Well, here's what I did yesterday. I went to the town of Vestal's website, and uh, or no, to John Schaefer's campaign website, and uh, pulled up his email, and uh, his email is still working. So apparently uh, the former supervisor was booted out. Uh, is allowed to use a uh, Vestal Town server and get emails on it. I didn't kick it out. My email went through. So that's as of yesterday. Yeah, so. Did he reply? <laughs> no, no, I just put testing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you sent him a note. Just say, how you doing or something. I, I'm tempted. I haven't heard from him. I thought, you know, after he left government service, I thought he might contact me. You know, sometimes, and this happened... For example, with uh, former Binghamton Mayor Ryan, he felt actually no longer constrained after he was... I, I think the first interview I had with Matt Ryan after he was no longer mayor was exceptional because he was no longer constrained. He was able to tell me exactly what he thought about Andrew Cuomo, which he couldn't while he was an elected official. And I, I was hoping that the former Vestaltown supervisor might come in because after... After you're no longer in government service, you can, in some cases, speak freely. And I thought he might have a lot to say now that he's a private citizen, but I haven't heard from him. Well, as long as there's a fire hall, uh, he won't be a private citizen. He used to go to Florida in the winter. In fact, I think he put forth a, a, some sort of a resolution or legislation where he wanted to, to shut the, the council meetings down for a couple of months so he didn't have to uh, you know, be absent. Uh, the next interesting thing, Bob, is the nominating petitions uh, for the Republican uh, GOP candidates are now in the hands of the committee. You know, you you go to uh, Benji Fetterman there, you say, I want to run for office, and he's supposed to print out your petitions with a, you know, IBM Selectric printer or something. And uh, these end up in packets. Uh, they go to the committee, and the committee goes around and gets the petition signed, the committee members. But uh, there's one office that's conspicuously absent, and that is Broome County Executive. Uh, nobody that I know has gotten a nominating petition for the highest office in, in this election cycle, highest local office. So uh, there you go for uh, more Akshar Batisti intrigue. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, uh, I think we're stuck with Akshar for 25, 30 years, uh, Batisti for 25, 30 years, and perhaps Garner for 25 or 30 years. Well, I mean, as I, always, it's up to the it's up to the voters. Broome County residents ultimately have the power to choose their county executive, their sheriff, their district attorney, and I encourage them to always, always consider all options. I, but that's true for every office too. I mean, whether it's for a county office, and same with the various legislative districts or uh, towns and villages uh, here in Broome County, consider your options always. And yeah. because I know 
some people think it's great that Binghamton has term limits for mayor and city council. But I also know there were some people that, that were hoping Matt Ryan or Rich David could serve three or four or five terms. But it, they could not allow that because of term limits. So, uh, Hey, Bob, how does a 40-mile uh, county legislative district uh, uh, <laughs> sound to you? <laughs> oh, please. They would never do that, Johnny. Yeah, you go from <laughs> you go from Conklin Avenue, you know, Saratoga, Weiss there, and, Con- and then you go all the way down to Hale, Eddie. <laughs> no, they would never. They would never yeah, stoop that low. Did did they do that? I didn't look that carefully at the map. Yeah, that's uh, well, that the makes... district now that he's uh, what's his name? So who represents that? Uh that's the guy from Windsor, the EMT. Uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, he listens. Scott Baker. Yeah, right? he listens. He's he's a listener. Well, yeah, here yeah. here's the thing, and I'm not. This is just thinking about because I was just over on the south side, that part of the city, yesterday. I got a set, or not yesterday, this morning, less than an hour ago, I was over there, checking out a couple of things because I heard something, John, about the south side. So you you better put your south side antenna up. Um. So I was over on the south side working on um, a story that is going to emerge probably in the next week or so. And I got to tell you, John, the south side of Binghamton, that corner, southeast corner of Binghamton, I got to say, there's uh, a whole lot different about that than, say, the town of Windsor or going out, you know, to the uh, town of Deposit town of Sanford. So this district doesn't go out to Sanford, does it? Under the new lines, uh, I don't know. I, 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 it's so absurd, Bob. I mean, it, it, it sort of, uh, you know, they, they don't have them that long in Texas, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like, like say here in Binghamton. I guess it's the fourth district for city council, which includes downtown and also the north side. And I think we were talking with the new council representative who represents that district and let's face it the needs of downtown are far different than the needs of the north side but that's how the map is drawn i i don't when they draw these districts whether it's for city council or county legislature or congress you know just between you and me john sometimes i think that there that there are some shenanigans involved in the way the districts are being drawn well, sure there is, Bob, and, you know, uh, it, it doesn't look like it's going to change. One more thing, Bob. You know, I, I said back in December that the, the Sheriff Fred's uh, lovely wife was going to be hired by Paul Battisti, and it did turn out to be right, $79,000. And a little-known fact, Bob, is that she had a job with Mark Molinaro. Now, her house.gov email doesn't work anymore, so uh, uh, she was hired by Mark Molinaro, I guess he's concerned about the borders, but she was some sort of uh, immigration processing agent for him. Uh, but anyway, she got hired by Paul Battisti at, at you know seventy nine thousand dollars. That's a that's a lot of posting on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and all that. But I'm looking now. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know everything. There's a couple, two, three pages of Battisti social media. Uh, that are campaign accounts, right? And they're updated. You know, they've got posts in the last few days. Batisti for Broom is one of them. Uh, I, I don't know what the other ones are. But uh, 
he doesn't seem to have an official social media page for district attorney. So if that's the case, what is this social media poster, the sheriff's wife, doing for $79,000? And and this is easily provable. Is she posting uh, these uh, additions uh, to his campaign social media? This is this is uh, something that I think the public needs to know. All right. We'll see what happens. Thank you. John from Binghamton at 940. Phone lines are open. Remember, you could be a private citizen or an elected official to take advantage of WNBF's Binghamton Now phone lines. These lines have been set up for you. Multiple phone lines so you have access to the Binghamton Now community conversation Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. I'm Bob Joseph. Glad to have you aboard. Make it a daily habit listening to WNBF. Forty-three WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. Indeed, indeed. So uh, I uh, have been reading more about uh, the need some people have for chaos. And the people, and I think you know who they are. Some of them are listeners to this program. Uh, the people who like to spread hostile political rumors. So... I missed this when it was first released. I think this was released a few months ago, but there is a researcher, actually a few researchers who've looked into this. Why are some people motivated to circulate hostile political information? While prior studies have focused on partisan motivations, these researchers say they've demonstrated that some people circulate these rumors because they wish to unleash chaos to burn down, those two words are in quotes, burn down the entire political order in the hope they gain status in the process. To understand this psychology, these researchers theorized and measured a psychological state, the need for chaos emerging in an interplay of social marginalization and status-oriented personalities. So apparently they looked into several studies of people who live in the United States, and the researchers claim that they show that this need is a strong predictor of motivations to share hostile political rumors even after accounting for partisan motivations. So, anyway, it's complicated. Bottom line, when you cut through all the um, very important uh, details of their rumor, uh, or not their rumor, their research... They've concluded there are some people who are trying to destroy the system. Is that you? Are you trying to destroy the system? Some people, they decided, based on their research, are not spreading information, in some cases misinformation or disinformation, to help 
a political party or a particular candidate. They're just trying to essentially destroy the system. Oh, yeah, let's wreck the whole thing. Let's uh, uh, do everything in our power so the American people have confidence in nothing. And that seems to be what's going on. People who are busy sowing distraction and confusion, whether it's on radio, TV, social media, or maybe in newspapers, but there are so few newspapers left that it's it's probably not that big a deal, say, in print. But certainly online and on air, there seems to be a growing number of people who are just trying to wreck things. And maybe some are doing it for financial gain. I, after I heard about this, the need for chaos, I thought, well, that sounds like the cable news model. Especially now that there are three main cable news channels in the United States, and there's not enough audience to go around for three cable news channels to successfully support three channels that are attempting to show news. That's why the U.S. cable news channels run opinion shows in prime time from 8 to 11 p.m. Because they can't make enough money if they just did news in prime time. They've tried. It doesn't work. So that's why you get certain people on Fox News excuse me, Fox Cable, certain people on MSNBC or certain people on CNN from 8 to 11 on weeknights. And nothing wrong with their programs. They're great programs. They're opinion programs. And those programs are needed to bring in the cash money to support the news operations. But those programs, I think have a need for chaos. I think talk shows have a need for chaos. So for some people, the need for chaos could be part of a business model. For other people, though, I think the need for chaos is something that's part of their personality. I don't like things. I don't like things when everything seems to be working okay. I want to make it sound like everything... is wrong and that there is no hope and that coming up in the coming days or weeks or months everything is going to melt down so yes the need for chaos and just in the last week or so there's been more stories more articles written about the research that now is published online by Cambridge University Press Oh, sadly, now I look at the date. This is not, it's not a brand new study. This has actually been out for about a year, but it, I think it's only recently been picked up by the mainstream media. So if you want to know why things seem to be so wacky today, maybe compared to five or ten years ago, maybe because some people have a true need for chaos. Everything is bad. Well, what about the president and vice president? They're bad. Well, what about their challengers? Well, they're different, but they're still pretty bad. The need for chaos. Well, we need less chaos and more... 
more of an effort to compromise on some of the issues. And there you go. I think some people would rather have chaos than compromise. Bob Joseph, live and local on a Monday morning. This is 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and WNBF.com. Riding out one dark and windy day Up on a ridge he rested as he went along his way When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw Plowing through the ragged skies And up a cloudy draw Their brands were still on fire and their hooks were made of steel. Their horns were black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel. A bolt of fear went through him as they thundered through the sky. For he saw the riders coming hard and he heard their mournful cry. Get the eye Okay, 9.52. Back to the phones we go. Tioga County. Dave from Wego, you're on the air. Hey, morning, Bob. How are you? Great. Uh, real quick this morning, I just want to touch. Everybody seems to be like Biden bashing this morning. Um, do they realize with this administration we have avoided a recession? Um, numbers are looking great. Um, we're, we're, you know, household spending is at an all-time high. Um, yeah, there is inflation, but we haven't had an inflation increase since the 1980s. So, I mean, I just don't understand it with the Biden fashion this morning. I mean... I think it's because it's an election year. They're going to bash. You know what happened 50 years ago today? Yeah. No, you got me. A Republican president was uh, dealing with uh, a gas shortage. Things were so bad in America that there was gas rationing. Gas stations were running out of fuel. And, uh, you know, the wheels, the wheels of our economy were almost literally falling off. That's what was going on 50 years ago when Milhouse Nixon was in charge. And gas was in such short supply in New York 50 years ago today. February 26, 1974, gas rationing began. Odd even. So today, if you were alive... Well, yeah, today. If you were alive today um, and they had odd even gas rationing, they um, they wouldn't sell you a gallon of gas if your license plate ended in an odd digit. That's how bad things were in the U.S. That there was gas rationing. Yeah, and they, they weren't any better when Carter took office in '79. Right. So. And I, one thing I noticed, I did a, a file story. Uh, of something that happened out on Conklin Avenue two years ago, a big 
fire that happened in February 2022. And what I noticed, the gas station there, the gas prices in February 2022, I think, were maybe 340, 345. Today at the same station, it's about 313 or 317. So gas prices at that particular station are about 30 cents a gallon lower. Now, I'm not saying Biden did that. I'm just saying that presidents don't control gas prices, just like Milhouse Nixon didn't control the supply of of gasoline in the country. I'm just pointing out we were undergoing some extremely tough times. And imagine, imagine, Dave, if you will, what things would be like in America today if we had gas rationing just months before the presidential election. Biden would stand no chance. Understandable. He has no control over the price of inflation on groceries on products on on surplus he doesn't control any of that and and if they think that the next man is going to try to come in which he's not going to win i mean i'd love it how they're going to take him all the way to the podium and he's going to lose dramatically but people don't realize that but he has no control over that he can't step in and say okay i want you to i want you to take back all everything and go back to our original pricing on our products it's never going to happen it is what it is today. You're spending what you're spending today. Suck it up, buttercup, and, and be, you know, go with the times. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the voice of reason from Tioga County. Yeah, thank you. That See? I know you're saying he's not really in Tioga County. They don't think that way in Tioga County. Yeah, they do. They do think that way in Tioga County. You just heard it live here on the radio. Dave from Owego. Binghamton now taking calls from everyone on a Monday morning. I'm Bob Joseph. This is WNBF. usually talk about my dreams usually it's best to keep content of dreams off the air (laughs) but this is true i won't go into great detail but and i don't know if it's a good dream or a bad dream actually i woke up i wanted to see how it ended but it was the darndest thing gannett The newspaper company, for some reason, had a big meeting of all their executives from around the country here in Binghamton at, uh, I won't mention the name of the hotel, a very popular downtown hotel. And it was a beautiful banquet they had for their top people. And I was invited. Well, no, I wasn't invited, but I showed up. But then they were very nice to me. And everything was going well. And they started talking about a new plan they had for Gannett and their news sites around the world, including here in the United States. And then I woke up, the dog barked, and I, I, it, it was it was a fun dream. I hope it continues. I want to see how it ends. It's 10 o'clock, WNBF. Where news breaks first. 
News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 53. Tonight will be partly cloudy, low around 36. Expect partly sunny skies on Tuesday with a chance of afternoon showers and a high near 59. A rural Pennsylvania county and its elected officials may have to pay the state's elections agency hundreds of thousands of dollars to reimburse it for legal fees and litigation costs. The request made in recent days by the Secretary of State Al Schmidt that Fulton County and its officials pay the state more than $700,000 comes in a three-year battle over allowing outsiders to examine voting machines to help former President Donald Trump's claims of election fraud. The reimbursement request was made based on a decision against the county issued by the state Supreme Court in April. Binghamton police are investigating a report of gunshots being heard in a downtown neighborhood. Several Binghamton University students who live on Lyle Avenue told WNBF News they heard shots fired around 4.20 p.m. on Friday. Initial reports indicated that gunshots may have originated in the area of Exchange and Susquehanna Streets. Police patrol vehicles shut down Lyle Avenue between Exchange and Carroll Streets, just south of the Kaufman Southern Tier Incubator Building. Video from an apartment house surveillance camera showed a man running north toward Exchange Street just after the gunshots were heard. Police in the area say they saw a man heading toward the Security Mutual Building. A detective and a patrol officer were observed examining an area behind the Century Alarms building at 40 Shenango Street for possible evidence in connection with the investigation. A Brooklyn preacher who prosecutors say looted a parishioner's retirement savings and tried to extort a businessman to fuel his lavish lifestyle is set to go on trial in Manhattan Federal Court. The more Miller Whitehead faces trial beginning today, two years after a grand jury lodged wire fraud and attempted extortion charges against him. Prosecutors say he plundered a parishioner's savings and tried to dupe a businessman with false claims that they could leverage his connections to New York City officials, including Mayor Eric Adams, to make millions of dollars. Miller Whitehead has pleaded not guilty and is free on bail. His lawyer says he's looking forward to his stay in court. Authorities have arrested a man who allegedly killed his estranged wife in Appalachian. According to New York State Police, 36-year-old Michael Crandall has been charged with second-degree murder in connection with the deadly attack during a domestic dispute. Troopers were sent to 10 Deborah Lee Drive around 3.30 a.m. Monday when the violent disturbances was reported. 33-year-old Crystal Yaw Crandall died of injuries she sustained during the dispute. Michael Crandall was taken to a hospital for treatment of lacerations to his neck. He was charged after he was released from the hospital on Friday. In addition to the murder count, Crandall was charged with three counts of criminal contempt. He reportedly violated an order of protection directing him to stay away from the Appalachian residence. Property records show Michael and Crystal Crandall acquired the Deborah Lee Drive property in February of 2023. 
According to an obituary, Crystal Crandall is survived by her three children. Before moving to Appalachian, she lived in Trumansburg. Federal investigators say the city of Pittsburgh did not adequately maintain or repair a bridge leading to the corrosion of the structure's steel legs and its collapse into a ravine more than two years ago. The city-owned Forbes Avenue Bridge fell down in January of 2022, plunging a bus and four cars about 100 feet into the Fern Hollow Creek. Another vehicle drove off the East Bridge abutment and landed on its roof. National Transportation Safety Board investigators said last Wednesday that the collapse shouldn't have happened, blaming repeated failures to act on extensive corrosion to the uncoated weathering steel. A new bridge at the site opened to traffic in December of 2022. A Pennsylvania man who uses drones to try to locate wounded deer shot by hunters so they can retrieve their carcasses has been convicted of violating state hunting laws. But Joshua Wingeroth plans to appeal the verdicts handed down last Thursday by Lancaster County District Judge Raymond Scheller. The case apparently marked the first time anyone has been cited and tried in Pennsylvania for using a drone to recover a dead game animal. And it hinged on whether the 35-year-old Downington man was involved in hunting as defined by state law. In issuing his verdict, the judge called on lawmakers to address the issues raised in the case, saying everyone is playing catch-up to science. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, this is Binghamton Now, the Monday program continuing, 607-772-1290. I encourage you to call now and chat live on WNBF. Why is he doing it? Because he needs the cash. People keep sending him cash every time he does something wild and crazy. (laughs) That's a good business model. If it works, send me money. I'll do more wild and crazy antics. I might even go to Fifth Avenue. Do some target practice. Can you imagine if he did that? They keep sending him cash. I can't afford a pair of those shoes. Would you send me just a left shoe for two hundred twenty bucks? A left shoe, or a right shoe for three hundred dollars? He does it for the love. Of the green. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Well, at least he seems happy, and uh, that's something. You know, most of us, if we had been d- indicted on nearly a hundred charges, most of us would probably be extremely unhappy. 
but he definitely seems to be in his elements as he continues to have uh, fun. Uh, looks like he's having fun. I don't, for the life of me, if, if I were in that kind of legal hot water, I would, A, keep a low profile, B, be really, really quiet, C, try to get as much money together and hire, I don't know, Bruce Barquette or someone, see if they could get me out of this legal jam. Or in this ca- his case, legal jams. How many legal jams is he in? We've lost track. Court TV ought to have a spinoff, just a channel covering his legal jams. Oh, Bob, that's mean. Well, don't look at me. I didn't cause any of his legal entanglements. All I can say is if he had come to me seeking advice on any of these matters, he wouldn't have been indicted on a darn thing. But he never asked me. So, as they say, too late to turn back now, my friend. (laughs) The legal chips fall where they may. Hi, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Morning. This is Gary from the South Side. Morning, Gary. Morning. Um, I um, was looking into the uh, Republican platform, and I uh, seen that uh, they didn't have one. The last uh, convention, they uh, decided to walk away with nothing on their platform, and whatever Trump wanted, uh, he gets. So I seen something that's very disturbing in the audience, and I don't know if you could fact check me on this, but at the uh, CPAC. There's a guy, one of the speakers, his name is Jack P-O-S-O-B-I-E-C. And uh, he was a, and with, uh, he was speaker there, and he said that their goal was to overthrow democracy. Now, this is on CNN. It's all over the Internet. I was wondering if you could pull it up and play it for the audience. Hmm. Well, I'm seeing oh, it's it. On CNN. I, yeah, hold oh. on. I, I, I'm looking at the CNN story right now. I had not heard this. I, I'm familiar with this Jack guy. And to be um, blunt, I, I mean, I, I view this Jack guy as someone sort of like the the person. Or I was uh, last hour talking about the researchers who said there are some people who have a need for chaos, and I believe this Jack guy is one of those. He he has a true need for chaos. Well, it's more than chaos. He, he if he could play it for the audience, I, I could play it for you. Well, hold, no, no, hold on. But anyhow, it's on CNN. Uh, people could take a look at. Yeah, it. I'm looking at the uh, CNN story right far, now. The headline far right says speakers. far right speaker tells CPAC attendees that his goal is to overthrow democracy, and that sounds yes. exactly what this Jack in the Box usually says. That's well, he's as, as they say, he's a conspiracy, a far right conspiracy theorist. No, he's 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 darn right serious. He said that they missed they missed out on you know uh, January sixth there and uh, their whole. I mean, you, you got to you know. The audience has got to hear. This is their platform. Um, you know, they didn't have a platform to now. Their platform is to overthrow democracy. It's plain and simple. He says it to the whole audience. It's, it's like it's so disturbing. And God is going to take over the country. It's just it's it's I can't believe it. I, I just what? Had you ever heard of this guy before? No. Oh, he's he's well known. 
I mean, I don't follow him on Twitter because I don't follow that kind of stuff. But a lot of people follow this guy on Twitter. And uh, occasionally some of his wacky tweets wind up in my feed because some people who follow me on Twitter also follow him. So sometimes I wind up seeing some of the stuff that he tweets. And it's it's totally outrageous. Well, it's he's on the he's telling the people at CPAC he's on a platform, he's got the microphone in his hand, and he said that our goal is to overthrow democracy and everybody clap. Now that's disturbing. Oh yeah, but it's not surprising. I mean, to me, this sounds like exactly the type of stuff that that the guy's been saying for years. I think he has said stuff that's even worse. Okay, that doesn't make it right. No, I didn't say it makes it right. And it's true. People need to be aware that this guy and others like him are on the loose trying to overthrow democracy. He's, he's, not, he's not a speaker. He's part of the whole. He's, part, he's, he's not just the speaker that come out of the audience. He's part of the machine. He's serious. Well, I'm looking at his, his Twitter feed. He's, no, don't no, look at his Twitter feed. Look at uh, you know, it's all over the. Says he's not a fan. He says it. he's not a fan of communism. No, he well, put, you know, you can play his his quote. I mean, do you want me to? I could play it. No, over the phone no, like, I don't. It's not, not going to sound right. It, it came from uh, MSNBC. Yeah, but the quality will be. I don't want. I don't want to hear something played over the phone. If we're going to play something, okay. I'll find I, it and play it on on the air. I I, I believe I you. I'm looking at the story. I think it's. I, I, I think it's outrageous. I just think it's important that everybody hears it. But, All right. Well, thank you. All right. I may I may find a, a clean cut of something he said. I you know I don't want things played over the phone. It's not going to sound good. We want stuff to sound as good as possible. The best. We want it to sound the best. And as far as people who say they want to overthrow democracy, yeah, watch out. He's not the only one. This jack-in-the-box, and some people you know follow him. It's true. Some people you know actually uh, follow him. Let me see. I'm looking to see if I can find a nice, clean, stellar version of, of what he said. Because it is. It's troubling. It's troubling. Oh, here's something he uh, actually tweeted. This is from two days ago. His plan to end democracy. Actually, let me... This is from Jack... I don't really know how to pronounce his last name, so I won't try. Vasobiak? So I tried anyway. Probably got it wrong. Anyway, this is what he uh, posted on his Twitter feed. Let's Let's listen together. What uh, Jack had to say about his plan to end democracy. Listen carefully, because I hope, hope it doesn't have to be bleeped. Yes, we are going to be ending democracy. Yes, that's what they said. We're not just going to end globalism. We have to end democracy, too, because I'm sorry, folks. It had a good run, but it's over. No, we have to end democracy. That's what the media told me. So now, my dear friends, I will reveal my plan of attack to you, my plan to end democracy by Jack Posobiec, the pierogies are. Oh, Jack Posobiec. Okay, I guess I was kind of close. All right, hold that thought. So now that I have queued up 
the uh, relevant thing that he posted to Twitter on Saturday. Coming up next, we'll hear what Jap- Jack Posobiec said about his plan to end democracy. And then you, the viewer, can decide if we need to be concerned. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on a Monday morning. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF. Does that make me crazy? Bob Joseph. Does that make me crazy? A voice of sanity. Does that make me crazy? On talk radio. <laughs> I know. You're saying, wait? They allow that? All right, let's uh, return to uh, the legendary Jack Posobiec as he talks about how he personally intends to go about eliminating democracy. Well, okay, we'll hold, hold that thought. We'll talk about it in a bit. Maybe maybe I don't even want to hear anymore. Because what he was talking about, I mean, when you when you want to wreck democracy, when you're in the United States of America, and you talk publicly about ending democracy. Now, here's looking further at this guy's Twitter feed right at the top. Right at the top, he has the pillow guy (laughs) at the top. That's about all you really need to know about Jack Posobiec. So he is a big follower in the guy who sells the pillows. You've probably heard his commercials. So anyway, let me see if I can find the part where he's talking about ending democracy. It's... Again, if we do play, we may play more of this in a moment, but if we do play it, keep in mind, I'm not advocating the end of democracy in the country. We're only going to play it for educational purposes. You need to be educated about some people and what they're trying to do. I'm not sure if I can. (laughs) Anyway, well, we played the the first part about how he wants to end democracy. Let me see if we can find the what else he had to say at CPAC. I've never been to CPAC. It sounds it sounds like a fascinating place, but I don't 
I don't think I'll be getting there. Mm. Still trying to find... I, excuse me, I lost track of where I put the uh, the big stack of stuff. How oh, this guy is going to end democracy. At CPAC. Okay, I found it. So let's... Let's play it again from the top. Again, this is from Jack Posobiec. He wants to end democracy. Again, remember, WNBF does not support an end to democracy. I, Bob Joseph, am not calling for an end to democracy. This is strictly so you know what Jack Posobiec said over the weekend at CPAC, in case you hadn't already heard. This is the one and only Jack Posobiec discussing what he thinks ought to happen. Yes, we are going to be ending democracy. Yes, that's what they said. We're not just going to end globalism. We have to end democracy, too, because I'm sorry, folks. It had a good run, but it's over. No, we have to end democracy. That's what the media told me. So now, my dear friends, I will reveal my plan of attack to you, my plan to end democracy by Jack Posobiec, the pierogi czar. Number one. We will begin with ending paper ballots and ending Election Day. We will remove all voter ID and all citizenship requirements for voting. We will replace in-person voting with low-integrity mail-in options and drop boxes. We are going to place state assets in all mainstream media. We are going to censor social media. We're going to lock up protesters if anyone has a problem with it. We're going to lock up and remove opposition parties and opposition candidates from the ballot. We're going to arrest the opposition leader four times. Oh, I see. It's supposed to be funny. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> oh, Jack. Oh, so funny. He nearly busted a gut. So he thinks he's being funny. Okay, Jack Posobiec with his plan to end democracy. And apparently, I guess well-received, at uh, the CPAC. For the people who enjoy those CPAC machines. It's 1027. News Radio WNBF. This is Bob Joseph. So, you a big fan of Jack Posobiec? Or do you think people like him want to be watched? <laughs> 607 772 I'm kidding. Kidding. I think that's performance art. Let's bring him to now. Always available on the free WNBF app. Right now. News Radio 1230 WNBF Binghamton. With Bob Joseph live. Matt from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. So many things to cover this morning. It's a lively show on Monday. Very lively. But anyway, uh, who's that guy, his name, the pierogi guy? It, what's really scary... Yeah, Jack Prasovic. You know, I I like pierogies, so I like him, but I didn't like the the call for an end to democracy. But the more I listened to it, it was clear he was just joking. No, but if you listen a little further... Uh, he played. There's a clip that they played this morning. He said, we almost achieved it on January 6th. He was talking about an end of democracy. And then he talked about what we're going to do. It's not 
the government's word, it's God's word. He's a theocracy guy. He wants to, and there's, he's like a, you know, the whole uh, Christian uh, movement that wants to take over the government and, and make it into a, a religious thing. And he, oh, a theocracy. Yes, theocracy. Right. theocracy. Yes, I've right. heard, right. I've heard people talk that way. Yeah, and so that's the scary thing about. It. But I wanted to go into a little bit of the guy, the guy who calls Dave. I think his name is. Uh, about news coverage, and he watched the MSNBC, and he's trying to say they, you know, first of all, you can't say he keeps talking about the border and the border and border, but it's now on the Republicans. They said they wouldn't re do anything until they got a border bill. They put together a border bill. I don't know how many times he has to hear this, and then, and then they subterfuged it because Donald Trump said, "Don't do it. I need it to run on." And that the thing about that is. They, if you look at uh, Sean Hannity, 58 stories about the, the guy, uh, the, by, uh, the guy who um, Smirnoff. Uh, so if we're talking about Fox News, never always covering all the stories, they don't cover the stories. This one story they did cover was Dominion voting, and it cost them almost three quarters of a billion dollars for lying. For all well, those by stories. the way, there's another case that uh, could also cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. Don't forget about that one, Matt. Right, exactly. The other, I forget. That's, uh, but anyway, so here, they, this Smirnoff guy, who they also have been touting for months and months as uh, the smoking gun on Hunter and Joe Biden, turns out he's not only apparently was lying now and and the guy who was the FBI guy was a, a trumper who uncovered that this guy was telling not telling the truth um and and now basically he's uh you know they they didn't have one word about this on Fox News so how can you with a straight face say that Fox News covers all the stories they cover the ones they want until they get sued for 3 quarters of a billion or it wasn't let's they didn't lose a judgment they settled for three quarters. Well, yeah, because the reason for the settlement, I'm told, is because Fox's attorneys were afraid if they didn't settle for, I, I don't know if it was $787 million, it was for a substantial amount of money, they were worried that they might wind up having to pay a billion or more dollars. That was the only reason for the settlement, Matthew. Also led to, the, uh, and every one of those people in, in the back and was saying that they knew that the election was not stolen, yet they still put out the Dominion. That's why they were so afraid, because they had proof that all these people had said this election wasn't stolen, yet they were, for months, they were, you know, harping on Dominion voting, and, and that was the reason that Trump lost. Well, it was almost as though they had conspired, because they they had the... Um they had the audacity to put a lot of this stuff down in writing, whether it was emails or uh, texting and stuff like that. And let's face it, anybody knows if you're going to be involved in something subject to future litigation, you don't write it down. That was the whole secret to uh, Andrew Cuomo, why he kept using a BlackBerry instead of uh, using a regular phone to text people because he knew BlackBerry messages ostensibly disappeared and couldn't be used against him. Right. And the one other issue, as uh, we were talking about, up on me. All right. Well, I'm sure Matthew will get back to us. It's 1035 right here at WNBF. Again, as far as the, the big settlement that Fox 
reached with uh, Dominion voting. That was April of last year. That was only $787.5 million. So it was under a billion. What is even a potentially larger issue for the Fox is they still face a $2.7 billion defamation suit from Smartmatic. $2.7 billion. Now, Fox Channel has a lot of money, and, and I'm led to believe they have that kind of money. You know, say if, if the judgment goes against them and they lose, and they wind up being ordered to pay $2.7 billion. And it's a very successful channel. They have lots of viewers, lots of advertisers. So they do have that kind of money in case the defamation suit goes against them. On the other hand, they might want to, if you think about it, they might actually want to settle. So maybe they could settle for under a billion dollars in the Smartmatic case and save some money. So they don't wind up, if they lose, having to pay nearly $3 billion. That way they can buy more cameras and equipment to go cover stuff on the border. This is Bob Joseph live at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Ten thirty-eight WNBF. Matt from Binghamton is back on the line. Continue. I thought you were cutting me off because you're sick of me for the rest of the day. But anyway, Rebecca Rathmills district over there. The history we were taught. You were talking earlier to John about uh, legislative districts and how they've been withdrawn, uh, redrawn, and how they how they look. The whole reason behind, I don't know if people know this, the whole reason why they redrew the city districts was because um, the guy who's tied with Rebecca, they thought um, um, Mr. Libis's son was going to run against them. He bought a house over there. And so they that was the Oh, whole so they wanted to protect Phil Strawn? Yes. Oh, and, and they were worried that Nick Libis was going to potentially run against him? Oh, he was. He had said he was going to, and that's why. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I do seem to recall that. It yeah, was a few so years back. Yeah. What they thought their the calculation was that they thought that they wouldn't find anybody that uh, had any name recognition that could run against Phil. And turns out Rebecca came, and she is a she's an amazing woman, a great candidate, and really uh, smart, very smart. And I, and I kind of like I've gotten to know Phil a little bit from the gym, and I. I like Phil too. He's a nice guy, but that's the backstory. On, oh, okay. Um, well, I, did, I didn't story. know if there were some sort of shenanigans involved there, but it it doesn't surprise me. It didn't, and it didn't work out too good for him redrawing the city lines, did it? They were doing it really for one candidate, and then they uh, kind of back. Well, I, it's not to put down. The, well, how did they do in the other eight districts? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> That's my point. So, well, so there's six districts, but anyway. Oh, that's um, right. I'm, I'm so old. I remember the when there were nine districts, and you're right, there are <laughs> right. only seven. <laughs> right, Show my anyway, age. Right, me too. But anyway, uh, that's the backstory on that. But um, again, Dave from, uh, not to call you, I, I, I like Dave. He's got a lot of knowledge about music. He seems like a nice guy. But I just don't see how you can forget what happened with Dominion voting machines and now the Smirnoff. No, it's 
like crickets. They don't talk about Smirnoff at all, and that's all they were talking about for months. And how? why is that? If they cover all the news, and, and, and there's a quote by Hannity, we, we work to get everything, you know, I forget the exact quote, but he, he says we always want to set the record straight. Well, how come you're not setting the record straight on Smirnoff? And not well, the, the main reason is it would offend whatever viewers he has. So let's face it, not all viewers say if you were watching, you wouldn't be offended. But most of his viewers would be offended if he admitted they got it wrong. Right. And and, that, and and now they're continuing this this thing, uh, you know, against Joe Biden and Hunter Biden without any and and they they just won't admit they're wrong. I mean, uh, Jordan won't admit it. Nobody Comer won't admit it. So you know they make up some. They say stuff that says, "Oh, we still got plenty plenty of fire here" or something. They don't. Otherwise, they'd be doing it just like Hunter Biden showed up. So let's let's do this hearing right now in public. You know what the danger is? If Biden wins a second term, as many people believe he will, he's going to be impeached. He's going to be impeached next year. If he's not impeached this year, he'll be impeached next year if Republicans still control the House. So that's the real danger that Biden's people ought to be looking at. He could be impeached several times um, starting January 21st of next year if the Republicans still control the House. My prediction is... If the people in the House don't start doing what the, most of the people in the country want, which is pass aid, pass a, a make sure we don't have a government shutdown, pass aid for Ukraine and, and uh, Taiwan and Israel, uh, if, they don't, if they don't do the border bill, which they wanted and, and now they've subterfuged, if they don't do that stuff, they have no chance of keeping the House. Well, then you know what that means. Binghamton University graduate Hakeem Jeffries would become Speaker of the House. That would be great. He's the, he's a, he's the real deal. Look, it's really come down to, and I just I just hope someday, because I think we the people that will call and say, I hate that guy, I, I think if they sat down with me, they would know that, look, the Republicans and the Democrats have both from, and Bill Clinton was involved, and, and NAFTA and everything, they all gave our country away. They gave they gave it away to the bankers. Started with Ronald Reagan, continued on. The working man. They destroyed the unions. They destroyed and and not these people. Have, well, look at what look at what Bill Clinton done. did. Look at what Bill Clinton did when he signed the Communications Act into law in 1996. There, I rest my case. Right. So all these things we realize collectively. I mean, and, and Dave's also the one that calls calls the other the former guy a populist. He is a populist, but there's different kinds of populists. There's ones that really care about the people, and there's ones that are really in pop, populism, they become dictators. So that's the separation. You go back to uh, Huey Long, go read his story. He was a real true populist. He was, they uh, assassinated him. By the way, who's he's the only other senator, sitting senator, to ever get assassinated besides Robert Kennedy. But, um, you know, if you go study history, there are and and the the pop. If you go look at the populist website and talks about it right now, Wikipedia, they'll include not only Donald Trump, but they include Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was a populist. He would have won if the Clintons didn't do the first time. If the Clintons didn't do what they did to him, I think he would have been president. He would have beat Donald Trump because a lot of people didn't like Hillary Clinton, but they liked and they stayed home and. 
and we all know how little that uh, that Donald Trump won his first election by, and how much he literally lost his second election by. But they, these are, you know, you just throw out the word populist. Well, populist is is a, a broad term, but the people who were true populists in in our history, they really a lot of them cared about the, the, the whole public. And I just don't see one thing that you can point to that Donald Trump has done for the same working people that the Democrats now care about. There's, I mean, the whole new thing is not from the top down. It's from the bottom up and the middle out. That's what Joe Biden's doing. And people don't give him credit for it. He's addressing, the, trying to address the issues that has made it so 1% of the population don't own all the wealth in this country. Well, and that's that's the thing. That, and by the way, most of the wealthiest people in the country are the ones who control the media. So for those who say, oh, the liberal media or whatever, no, the media are controlled by the people with the money. Thank you, Matthew. The um, It has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with money. If you're going to own a media machine, you have to have lots of money. Oh, yeah, but they're all liberals. No, no. Most of the people who control the media, I'm not saying they're liberal or conservative. But they, they are capitalists. They're in the business. And the, the whole thing about whether it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC... Every media organization in this country exists to make money except for C-SPAN and public media. But even take a closer look at public media. They've got commercials too. So, you know, C-SPAN, near as I can figure, is not about the money because I don't see C-SPAN running commercials. But the media, it's not a question of are the media conservative or liberal or whatever. No, the media are businesses. We in the media are part of companies that exist to make money, like every other company, like energy companies, like restaurants, like healthcare. Everybody in this country, because it's a capitalist system, if you run a business or work for a business, it is about the money. And that's how our system works. Well, that's why 96% of the people on the media are liberals. No. How could that be? How could it be? <laughs> it just can't be. It's about the money. You have to have an audience, whether it's radio, people listening, TV, people watching, online, people clicking. The money. Follow the money. That's how that's how our society works. It always has been. It always will be. Well, what about Bernie Sanders? Well, Bernie Sanders isn't in charge. Bernie Sanders is a senator from Vermont. Well, what about the, um, you know, AOC? She's not in charge. She's a member of Congress. Well, she and the squad... No, they're not in charge of anything. Have you noticed? Yeah, but they want bad things. They might want things that are different from what you want, but notice how they're not gaining any traction. 
You know, the people who are so worried. Well, I don't think uh, things are going to go well. If it, if the election doesn't go well in November, all bets are off. <laughs> I won't be able to buy a pillow. No, everything is going to be fine no matter how the election goes unless, here's the here's the caveat, it might not go well if whoever loses the election in November turns out to be a sore loser. That's That could be a problem. And I mean that whether the Democratic candidate or the Republican candidate loses. It could be a problem for America if whoever loses the election in November doesn't lose graciously and encourage his supporters to get over the loss and start working toward the next election and start working to compromise with whoever is the winner. Well, then, uh, we're so mad we should hold an insurrection in January. Well, if you do that, for whoever is supporting the person who loses, and again, we have no idea actually who the candidates will be even and we have no idea exactly how the election will go but whoever loses if you wind up being disappointed because your candidate lost don't go to washington in january with the plan of staging a bigger better insurrection because it's not going to go well think about and this is whether you support biden or Trump, or anybody, just think about what's best for America. And holding another insurrection in January 2025 is not going to help anyone. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph, cautiously optimistic on a Monday morning. You're listening to WNBF. The St. Patrick's Day Parade is Saturday, March 2nd. It's one of the largest community events of the year in the Southern Tier and organized by the Ancient Order of Hibernians Parade Committee of Broome County. The day begins with Mass at 1130 at St. Mary the Assumption Church on Court and Fayette Streets and the parade begins right there at 1.30. Enjoy pipe bands, so many floats from our community, Irish dance groups, bring your family and friends and celebrate the parade. In support of the St. Patrick's Day Parade, Gallagher Baker Attorneys at Law, the Thomas J. Shea Funeral Home, Lofty Rock Products and ZMK Construction, Steam Carpet Cleaning, Overhead Door Company of Binghamton, and Town Square Media of Binghamton. The St. Patrick's Day Parade, Saturday, March 2nd in downtown Binghamton, presented and organized by the Ancient Order of Hibernians in Broome County. Come and enjoy the St. Patrick's Day Parade, Saturday, March 2nd. WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. Good morning. It's Binghamton now until noon. So if you have yet to call, I would um, 
take steps to rectify that at once. 607-772-1290. Be a Binghamton Now caller. You'll be glad you did. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Sunny today, high 53, partly cloudy tonight, low 36, partly sunny tomorrow. Chance of showers in the afternoon, high 59. And then Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms. It'll be cloudy, breezy, high 60. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's a winter-like 51. That's 11 Celsius at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. And just for kicks, let's see whether the air is still clean and tasty. Yes, air quality index is good, 38 in Binghamton. Oh, we have some uh, of the breaking news. The breaking news uh, in this, I'll read the version from CNN Breaking News. Um, and this is no real surprise. Former President Donald Trump, his adult sons, and two former Trump Organization officials have appealed the $464 million judgment entered against them in the New York State Attorney General's civil fraud case. The Trumps have now filed a notice of appeal with the court. Today is the first business day. After Judge Arthur Engeron made the judgment official, Donald Trump is personally on the hook for $454 million, including interest payments. This story, posted on CNN.com, written by Kara Skinnell, says the attorneys in the filing said they're appealing the money judgment and other relief, including the bans against the Trumps from serving as officers of New York corporations for a period of years and whether the judge committed errors of law and or fact, abused its discretion and or acted in excess of its jurisdiction. So again, that is no surprise. We certainly expected Mr. Trump and his sons and the uh, Trump Organization to appeal that uh, big, big, massive uh, r- ruling. Wow, $464 million. Good thing he's a billionaire. See, if that was, <laughs> if that was you or I, it could be trouble, but... If you're a billionaire, $464 million, that doesn't really matter much, does it, when you think about it? Hmm. 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 Oh, here's something. In our big stack of stuff, the um, man showed that uh, he he has a propensity for colorful language. This is uh, the former guy speaking, I believe, this was at the, the CPAC, speaking to the CPAC machine. Um, if we can get the stack of stuff here. This is what uh, the former guy said at the CPAC gathering. A vote for Trump is your ticket back to freedom. It's your passport out of tyranny. And it's your only escape from Joe Biden and his gang's fast track to hell. (laughs) Sounds like a gas station. Isn't that a gas station on Court Street? (laughs) 
And yet, he is so proud of being indicted on several dozen charges. He, He holds his indictments up as some sort of trophy. Remember this, I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone. <laughs> uh, Alphonse Capone. Hmm. Yes, I believe that's true. But the question is, what did he tell us four years ago? Four years ago, I told you that if crooked Joe Biden got to the White House, our borders would be abolished. Our middle class would be decimated and our communities would be plagued by bloodshed, chaos and violent crime. We were right about everything. One thing the former guy also suggested is that black voters relate to him and support him because of all of his indictments. He got indicted a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And a lot of people said that that's why the black people like because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against. And they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. It's it's been pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. And when you think about the massive support that he has among the minority population in the U.S. I'm being indicted for you, the American people. I'm being indicted for you, the black population. I am being indicted for... A lot of different groups by sick people. These are sick, sick people. 11 o'clock, more Bingham to Now coming up on this Monday morning. I'm Bob Joseph. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 53. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 36. Tuesday will be partly sunny with a chance of afternoon showers and a high near 59. Authorities have arrested a man who allegedly killed his estranged wife in Appalachian. According to New York State Police, 36-year-old Michael Crandall has been charged with second-degree murder in connection with the deadly attack during a domestic dispute. Troopers were set to tend Deborah Lee Drive around 3.30 a.m. last Monday when the violent disturbance was reported. 33-year-old Crystal Yall Crandall died of injuries she sustained during the dispute. Michael Crandall was taken to a hospital for treatment of lacerations to his neck. He was charged after he was released from the hospital on Friday. In addition to the murder count, Crandall was charged with three counts of criminal contempt. He reportedly violated an order of protection, directing him to stay away from the Appalachian residence. Property records show Michael and Crystal Crandall acquired the Deborah Lee Drive property in February of 2023. According to an obituary, Crystal Crandall is survived by three children. Before moving to Appalachian, she lived in Trumansburg. Binghamton police are investigating a report of gunshots being heard in a downtown neighborhood. Several Binghamton University students who live on Lyle Avenue told WNBF News they heard shots fired around 4.20 p.m. on Friday. Initial reports indicated the gunshots may have originated in the area of Exchange and Susquehanna Streets. Police patrol vehicles shut down Lyle Avenue between Exchange and Carroll Streets, just south of south of the Kaufman Southern Tier Incubator Building. 
Video from an apartment house surveillance camera showed a man running north toward Exchange Street just after gunshots were heard. People in the area say they saw a man heading toward the Security Mutual Building. A detective and a patrol officer were observed examining an area behind the Sentry Alarms Building at 40 Shenango Street for possible evidence in connection with the investigation. This year looks to be a much better one for the U.S. economy than business economists were forecasting just a few months ago. That's according to a survey released last week by the National Association for Business Economics. The economy looks to set to grow 2.2% this year after adjusting for inflation. That's up from an earlier forecast of 1.3%. It's the latest signal of strength for an economy that's blasted through predictions of a recession. High interest rates were supposed to drag the economy down eventually, but the job market and household spending have remained remarkably resilient. Former President Donald Trump claims his multiple criminal indictments have boosted his support among black Americans because they see him as a victim of discrimination. He appeared to compare his legal plight to the historic legacy of prejudice in the U.S. legal system during a speech on Friday night at the Black and Circuit of Foundations Gala a day before the South Carolina primary. Trump argues he is the victim of political persecution, even though there is no evidence President Joe Biden or White House officials influenced the filing of 91 felony charges against him. A Binghamton building that has been vacant for more than five years since a CVS pharmacy closed is about to come back to life. Interior construction has begun at the retail site at 68 Main Street on the city's west side, next door to the abandoned Masonic Temple building. The building is being converted into a 10,800-square-foot Dollar General store and is expected to open in April. Dollar General is based in Tennessee, The company has been expanding rapidly across the United States in recent years. Dollar General closed an existing store on Main Street in Johnson City when it opened a new unit in a larger space nearby. The Dollar General store slated to open on Binghamton will will be located about one block west of a family Dollar store. State police say law enforcement officers in Pennsylvania shot and killed a man who fired at them during a domestic violence call. York County's prosecutor said officers responded to a Spring Garden Township home shortly after 11 p.m. on Friday after a man broke into the home of his estranged wife. District Attorney David Sunday Jr. said 34-year-old Peyton Sells of Spring Grove fired a shotgun forcing an officer to dive off the porch and later fired from a second-floor window before coming out the front door with two handguns, where he fired again and was killed by return fire from law enforcement. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
Bob Joseph. Binghamton now continues taking more calls more often. 607-772-1290. Who will be next on the radio? Stay tuned to WNBF and find out. Thank you so much for listening to WNBF, a voice of reason. At a time when such a voice is truly, truly needed. Am I right, people? I know you're saying, but Bob, why would they let a voice of reason on the station? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're not listening. Of course, they're listening. Everybody's listening. And it's good to have a different type of program. A different type of program, so all views ultimately uh, are heard. At least when people call in. If you call in, express yourself and be prepared for a dialogue. A tragic story in New York City. A reporter has died in a fire that was caused by a lithium-ion battery. 27-year-old journalist... Um, Fazil Khan, he died from the blaze that broke out uh, 2.15 Friday afternoon in his six-story building in Harlem. 17 more people were injured, according to FDNY. Fire marshal said the blaze was caused by a lithium-ion battery. Khan's death marks the first New York City fatality related to a lithium-ion-related blaze in 2024. So let this be a lesson to you. If you use lithium-ion batteries, be prepared for problems. Uh, the story in The Gothamist says uh, Khan came to New York from India to get a master's degree in journalism at Columbia University. He most recently worked as a data journalist at the Hackinger Report, an outlet focused on education. Now his friends, colleagues, and former teachers are paying tribute to him on social media. They say he was a treasure, a treasure. It's according to um, the managing editor of the publication where he worked. Funny, kind, and not at all impatient with our offbeat request and ideas. We are devastated by the loss of such a colleague and wonderful person. So what a what a sad, sad story. Fires. Especially in New York City. Uh, the fire commissioner in New York City, Laura Kavanaugh, said lithium ion batteries, which are 
used to power electric bikes and scooters are now a leading cause of fires and fire-related deaths in the city. So my advice to you, if you're using anything with a lithium-ion battery, be careful. Be careful. Don't use it the wrong way. And make sure if you're using a charger that it's an official charger, not these knockoffs. These knockoff chargers and um, unauthorized batteries. You know, people, oh, I think I can get it for a dollar on bleepo.com. Yeah, you could probably get a charger and a battery for a dollar at bleepo.com. And then your house burns down. So don't try to save uh, a buck and then find out that the battery or the charger don't work right. It's 1114. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Tom from Susquehanna. All right. What's up? Uh, first of all, are you going to hang up on me? Are you going to overtalk me? And, and at the end, are you just going to, you know, uh, just go to another call without, you know, ending the conversation? Or am I, are we going to able to have a dialogue? Stay tuned and find out what's on your mind. Well, are you going to do that? I don't know. Because this is this is a professional program. Typically, on professional radio programs, the host dispense, will dispense with the niceties and move to the next caller. And most people are adult and understand how the program works, and they don't get their feelings hurt that that the program just moves along. So, you know, if if you're a sensitive caller, I have to forewarn you because of the way professional talk radio works yeah we may move on to another caller at the moment fortunately for you you're the only person on the line so take advantage of all the time you want yeah yes but you're gonna override me right yeah bob just tell me what you want you know, if, if you don't right, like right, the program, right. Tom, you're a former NYPD cop. You don't strike me as as one of our more sensitive listeners. Seems to me you should be able to handle a talk show conversation without being upset with how proceedings are conducted on professional talk shows. Now, I think I've asked you two or three times already, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just... Well, I didn't hang up on him. You heard it live, folks. Now, am I upset that Tom from Susquehanna hung up on me? No. I'm not at all. Try to explain how talk shows work, and you know what? You know what? People, if you can't handle the way a talk show works, this is not Herb Jepko and Nightcap. Where everybody is just, oh, how was your day? Yeah. yeah. Did you pick up any groceries? Did you notice how the price of everything has gone up? Oh, yeah. Well, hope you have a good day. Bye-bye. WNBF, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Bob. This is uh, Vinny from uh <laughs> We just had a sensitive listener who hung up on me. But you know what? I'm not going to let it get me down, Vinny. Well, I, I just want to say, I think this is the individual who wasn't supposed to be calling this program anymore, but I guess he had to, so he says, eat crow. Um, I've never had crow, Bob, but I... But you understand, I mean, as a talk show host, I I think 
that there's an obligation on my part to interact with the callers and to make it compelling and interesting. So, Vinny from Binghamton, you know what it's like to be interrupted. Absolutely. And I'm going to interrupt you a couple of times, but doesn't mean that you're going to get your feathers ruffled. And, and, and try to control the whole conversation. Oh, and, and feel upset, you know, whether I agree with you or disagree. You're not going to say, oh, Bob, you ended the conversation and then went to a commercial or went to the next caller without bidding me a fond adieu. You're not going to be you're not going to be crying in your moxie. Yeah, and this is the caller that talks about snowflakes. Well, see, that's what I don't understand. I know he's told me that he's a retired NYPD cop, and I imagine if you were out on the mean streets of New York City, and I don't know where he was assigned, but anywhere in the city, even Staten Island, you had to develop a thick skin to put up with all the the daily crap that you put up with. And then he's... Asking me at the start of a phone call, will I interrupt him or will I hang up uh, on him or will I go to the next caller? Gosh. No. I'm... Gosh. Finney, all I can say is gosh. <laughs> well, Bob, let me, here, let me get to what I got to say so we can move on to the next call. Yeah, I before I interrupt you again. And by yeah. the way, I've interrupted you at least three or four times in the last minute, but I don't hear you getting all disgusted no you remember i think last week a caller called in vinnie do you mind i have to take this call that no no problem I'm yeah waiting. i i bet i hang I up on you i bet i hang up on you as much as i hang up on anybody yeah i just call tomorrow that's all yeah you don't well you don't have to go seek special counseling do you <laughs> no 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 i don't all right all but right you know, continue you know, I, before i interrupt you again okay I uh, my I was talking to a friend this weekend, and he was talking about he was watching one some something on MSNBC, and this uh, they had a guest on there, and a guest asked them about Joe Biden's poll numbers and uh, why they're low, blah blah, and they finally said what I've been saying for I don't know how long, and what a lot of the supporters realize is the media doesn't cover him, the media, and and he said you guys don't cover him. Let me give you a perfect example. He went down to South Carolina a week and a half ago, down there where his base, which is the African-American base in the, in the Democratic Party, 92% of the African-American vote voted for Joe Biden. Do you know how much little coverage he got? He got very little coverage. Yet, Donald Trump goes down there, and he's talking about the African-American vote. And how he's going to get this. And uh, and then the media, oh, we know a lot of, no, they're not. No, they're not. George Bush got 8% of the African-American vote. Donald Trump, they, oh, I'm going to get 15 to 20%. No, you didn't. You got 8% of the African-American vote. That's all you got, buddy. That's usually all you, the Republican Party will get, 8%. And what the media does is they talk to that 8%, why they're not voting for Joe Biden. And then they spin it around and say, oh, they're all leaving Joe Biden. No, they're not. They're even the Democratic Party. They're, no, they're not. This is the game you guys have been playing for decades. For decades. It's the same game. Just like well, you know, it, but it's no surprise. It really comes as no surprise. And also, it comes as no surprise how the media cover the thing because it's, to me, it's fascinating to hear 
the people, the blacks who do vote for Donald Trump, it's amazing to actually hear their explanation. I'm fascinated by it and sometimes puzzled. But that's more newsworthy, I think, than the more than 90 percent of the blacks who, as you might expect, vote for Biden. And their reasons are reasons we've all heard before. So it's not it's it's certainly newsworthy, but it's not as fascinating as hearing the people, the blacks who have voted for Mr. Trump. I do find their explanations to be uh, more fascinating. And and therefore, that's why they typically get more coverage than blacks for Biden. Well, I'll tell you why it's wrong. Well, look, Vinny. And I have to keep interrupting you or else people are going to say I'm playing favorites. But I've got to interrupt you. It's, it's not wrong. It's just journalism. Well, I mean, it's journalism, but it's very, very um, um, stationary. In other words, yeah, you vote there, but where are you going? Where's your representatives like the Democratic Party, the women, the minorities? Do you see? We, we Not only do we talk the talk, we walk the walk. What are you doing? What are you doing on that side? I see nothing over there. Donald Trump has not built his base. He hasn't built it since 2016 when he lost. It's not been built. Well, and that's why he's probably going to win by more than, or excuse me, I misspoke. It's a Monday. My apologies. That's why he's likely to lose by a lot more than 7 million votes this time. Well, i like to ask him one question as he talked about African-Americans feeling sorry for him, you know, being indicted and stuff like that. You know, uh, former Trump president, I'd like to ask you something. Did you feel this way when you took out that ad about the Central Park Five? Oh, that's another thing. When yes, you know how come the how come rapist? Right. How come the liberal media never bring that up when they're reporting on on the former guy and his affinity for Black Americans, especially for the. The uh, men who ultimately were exonerated in that high-profile case in New York City—that never comes up anymore. And he never apologized. He never apologized. Never. Ever. And I'm going to keep interrupting you. (laughs) I don't care, Vinny. You might be a regular caller, and maybe you don't get bothered by being interrupted. But I'm going to interrupt you because that's what talk show hosts do. That's all right. You know, if if. If Rush was on today and he interrupted somebody, people wouldn't be calling Rush the next day and saying, are you going to interrupt me, Rush Bo? Oh, Bob, half of these people wouldn't be on his program. He'd cut them off. <laughs> I know. He'd cut them off. Anyway, I don't, you know, I, of all people, I still, I'm still puzzled, puzzled by that call, you know, because I always thought the, the calls we've had with him in the past have been among the, the most interesting you know, it's not a question of do I agree with a caller. The question is, is it entertaining? Is it interesting on the radio? And Tom from Susquehanna has always been interesting. Yeah. Well, and I didn't know we had a problem. Well, I don't know if Dave's called in yet. And Dave, you're the one who said uh, <laughs> uh, you were so happy Tom's calling back. I'd like to hear what he has to say about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Benny. I'm not even going to say goodbye to you. I'm going to the next call because that's what we do on talk radio. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. Hi, who are you? I'm, uh, my name is Steve. I'm from Binghamton. Hi. Are you a sensitive caller? Well, I would say not, but things do bother So here's the thing. If I interrupt you, are you going to cry? 
No, 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 of course. Okay. And if, say, after we talk for a minute or two and I go on to another call or, or a commercial break and don't say goodbye, will you be mad at me? Absolutely not, because I'll just call back later. Yeah, okay. Continue. That's all. Okay, yes, uh, I'm a little upset about one of your favorite callers again, and uh, he's giving a lot of misinformation about what's going on. They don't want to cover Biden simply because they're afraid he's going to slip up and say something wrong or he might fall down again, and they don't want that. That's the problem. And the problem is is that, you know, the Democratic Party, uh, they have a political thing against Trump. Everybody knows it. They see it. And Trump has got to win. He's got to win to get this country back in order again. Uh, that's all I have to say. Okay. I'm sorry that I okay. didn't. Uh, I apologize for not interrupting. I'll do better next time. No, you're doing well. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. It's 26. It's just a talk show, folks. The art of conversation. Well, don't interrupt. Oh. Oh. If you go out with friends, or even if you go out with a group of people, not all friends, maybe a couple of friends and a couple of people who are not necessarily part of the group. I, I had this experience last week. So out with um, a couple of friends, but we also wound up getting together with three or four other people who were not, say, part of the group. Had great conversations. And yes, there were interruptions. And no, not everybody agreed on everything. And everybody was happy. That's what I like. I like being able to have live interactions with people. And people, oh, you interrupted me. Hey, that's the way we are. We're humans. At some point, there will probably come a time where Local talk radio will be taken over by AI, and you won't be interrupted. And the AI system, the software, will be programmed to say, thank you for calling. Because that's, I know how the people who control things, I know how they'll control the software. And you'll say, boy, that's boring. Good morning. Welcome to the program. What's your name and where are you calling from? And then the AI pauses. The listener will give his or her name and city. And then the AI will say, what's on your mind? The AI will be programmed not to interrupt. And then after 52 uninterrupted seconds, the AI will politely say, thanks for calling Binghamton Now on WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre-owned at GaltAuto.com.
coffee in your window. <laughs> All right, enough that frivolity. Bob and Vestal, you're on the what air. The hell was that? <laughs> Good morning. Hey, too much people out there to like me to call. After being hung up on a couple of times, I said, that's it. But I listened to you coming home from paying my cable bill, which went up again. And I heard you talking about chaos. Who do you think is causing the chaos? Seven million illegals let in here? Could that be causing a little chaos, me? Do you think? No, not really. But anyway. What do you mean, not really? What do you really? mean, not really? A you asked me a question. Children. No, a I, not a minute. Not a not a minute of chaos is being caused by the the, the young people. A young girl got murdered in Georgia by an illegal. I, yeah, and a young girl got killed on Binghamton's east side nearly two years ago, and there's been no arrest. How come that's not on the national news? Here we go. Now you're going to start that. You're always conflating things with things that don't matter what I want to talk about. Well, if you suggest that the killing of a 12-year-old girl while she was walking with her dad and brother at 10 o'clock near their home on Binghamton's east side, if you think that doesn't matter, then you and I disagree. Wait a minute. I'm talking about a different thing. There you go. I'm talking about the same thing. People, innocent people being killed in the United States and how one case gets lots of national coverage and another case gets zero national coverage. Well, please listen to me. Okay, and I don't like this uh, thing about sensitive callers. What, what are you crying? You're acting like you're crying. That means you're knocking people like me who's hung out with bikers his whole life. I don't like being called a sensitive. Anybody thinks I'm sensitive, you want to meet me somewhere? See how sensitive I am. I I don't know. You people on here are so weird. I can't even. You don't talk about things that are going on that people really care about. You just... You pick Donald Trump and you go on and on and on while other people are so much worse than him. They're crooked and no problem. We love them. Like Vinny. Has that guy ever looked at his side of the aisle? Let's be honest. Who's actually worse than the former guy? The former guy's great. How is he great? He, he goes out. He's always asking for money. He's a billionaire. Most billionaires don't ask for money. I mean, think about it. It's The optics don't look good. If you're a billionaire and you got some legal problems, don't go selling $400 shoes that probably could be had elsewhere for 19 bucks. Come on, man. Do you know that when he ran, he used his own money? He didn't suck off everybody. You're, I, I don't know. See, that's what I mean. I just talking to you is like talking to a wall. You just don't get it. And so many people that have recognized my voice go, wow, that guy, what is wrong with him? Thank you, Bob, from Vassal, for calling. I appreciate your call. It's 1135 at WNBF. Warren in Sydney. Good morning. You're on the air. Well, thank you for taking my call, Bob. But I have to tell you, I've enjoyed over the years listening to you. The last couple weeks, not so much. You are so left-leaning anymore, it's not even funny. You don't even begin to try to be fair and balanced. Not at all. 
and and that disturbs me. And you know, like I say, sometimes I have trouble not even turning the radio off because it's so bad. And I don't know why you got that way, or you know what your intentions are. I'm a product of public schools. There you go. I went to the best schools. You went the schools. That's the reason why you're doing what you're doing. Well, that's part of it. Public schools and society. I blame society. So, so, so you're changing. Unintentionally, you're changing your format of your show. Is that what you're saying? No, nothing's intentional. I just come here every day, doing the best darn show possible. You know that. But but you're so left leaning anymore. It's it's like it's like the Democrats can't do anything wrong, and the Republicans are the worst thing in the world. The Democrats are the ones that let all the illegals in. Well. No, no. Republicans let some immigrants in, too. You have to admit, the former guy, uh, thousands, thousands of people entered this country illegally when the former guy was in charge before he got fired. He wanted to build the wall. I know he did, but he didn't get it done. He didn't get his wall done. He didn't get Mexico to pay for it. And during his time in office, before the American people threw him out... Thousands of people entered the United States illegally. You mean the illegal election? Oh, you lost me right there. The election's not illegal. The election has been confirmed by dozens and dozens of judges, including many who were appointed by Donald Trump. Well, first of all, if you go back and read the Constitution... I don't have time. I'm on the air. Look, Warren, I appreciate your call. Uh, I thank you very much for calling. I hope you'll call again. We have a lot of listeners who want to get on the air in the final minutes. So let me uh, go next to Roger in Chocona. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Heck of a show you got this morning. Isn't it great? I'm loving it. <laughs> I called just to uh, correct some misinformation that was put out by an earlier caller, and that is the fact that uh, Biden won 92% of the black vote. He didn't win 92% of the black vote. He won 92% of the total Democrat primary voters. And I'm going to assume there was one or two white folks or Hispanic folks in there. And uh, I just wanted to correct that. He was running against uh, a lady named Williamson, I believe. I'm not. She wasn't a very good candidate. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I'm sure she's a nice person, but I don't think she tried that hard. You know, if she had tried harder, she could have gotten more votes. But um, I just wanted to make sure that people realize. All right. Well, I appreciate it. And I thank you so much for calling this morning, Roger. You have a good day, Bob. Okay. I hope you call again. It's 1139 at WNBF. Selena from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for taking my call. I don't care what people say. You do an excellent job. Yeah, but I interrupt people all the time. You know that. I've interrupted you. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a radio show, you know. But doesn't it bother you when I do this and interrupt you and talk over you? No, not at all. Are you sure? Don't lie to me, Selena. If you're lying, when I interrupt you and talk over you on the radio, and that doesn't bother you. 
it doesn't bother me at all, but I wasn't calling about that. May oh, I, okay. Was I mis- may I have permission to switch topics? Oh, of course. Would you please? Um, starting Friday, March 1st, do you think the gas prices will go up once we get the summer blend in? Yes, absolutely. And while well, I, I run gasoline car and a diesel truck, do you think it's going to spike? I bet it will. But you know what? I bet the gas prices will spike a bit and then they'll stabilize and start to come down just a little bit. But they will be higher. But keep in mind, I pointed out earlier on the program, because I did a story, a flashback story to two years ago over on Conklin Avenue, and I noticed the price of gasoline at uh, a local station, say from February 2022, was maybe 340, 345, something like that. And the same station today, I think, is like, 315 or 319 so yeah the prices will always fluctuate that's that's uh what happens with um with capitalism well at the end of the winter season they try to dump off the old gas they have but i'm afraid by june or july it might be up to five bucks a gallon well it could but part of that also depends how much driving people are doing if people and and the, the reality is the economy is so good right now and people are feeling generally so good, they might travel more this summer. And if the amount of traveling that people do in their cars and SUVs and their vans, if the traveling uh, increases, that means there will be higher demand for gas. So if if the American public decides to drive a lot more this summer, then the last two or three years, which is a possibility, gas prices could soar up to seven, eight, nine dollars a gallon. It all depends on supply and demand. COVID is over, and a lot of people are going to be buzzing around this summer, and I'm afraid it might go up that high. It could. Hey, it's not out of the question. It could go as high as ten or twelve dollars a gallon if there is record demand for gas. And and see, this is where the American public actually has more say. In gas prices than the president of the United States does. If the American public decides not to drive as much, gas prices won't go up too much this summer. But if the American public decides that they want to travel to national parks and just drive around and and have fun, and gas prices can go up to twenty or thirty bucks a gallon. But that would I would have to fly away. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not predicting it, but I'm saying it's all supply and demand. And obviously, Joe Biden has no control. Joe Biden can go on the air and say, please, American people, don't drive as much because every time that you drive more, every week or every month that you drive more, that means we're going to use more gasoline. So the demand for our available gas continues to rise. And that means the price will be pushed up. Oh, you're exactly right. See, I, I am. I'm exactly right. Selena, thanks for your call. I'm going to make you happier. My daffodils are going to be coming up. It's going to be a wonderful spring. It's going to be a great spring. Appreciate your call. This is Bob Joseph, serving the American public, a voice of reason at a time when voices of reason are so rare. You're listening to 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Bring it to now with the one and only Bob Joseph. 
on the air weekday mornings from nine to noon. Jesse and Owego, you're on the air. Wow, you are on a roll today, Bob. Best man, show ever. This is the best show ever. I'll have you know. Man, oh man, I guess I'm 22 steps going downstairs, and that encased concrete and steel is well worth it today. I'm loving it, loving it. This is uh, it's amazing. I mean, think about this, if you will. If the show is this good on a Monday, think how great it will be by Wednesday. And then Friday, it'll be so good the transmitter might blow up. Yeah, well, I can still clap a tower or two, so that's okay. Just, well, even if know. the transmitter can't handle all the goodness by Friday's program, we'll still be streaming at WNBF.com, and people will be able to still listen on the WNBF app. So even if there are transmission difficulties, you still will be able to listen to one heck of a show. I'll tell you what, today has been awesome sauce. I heard five of my favorite callers call in. I'm hoping of a couple more. Uh, what an amazing day. And I hope one gets over whatever situation he's going through. But he's a great guy. He is. He is. That's why, that's why, that's why, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Jesse, but that's why I was stunned. Well, so was I. I'm like, this guy's one of the greatest people on the planet in my book. And so is Bob. I love that guy. Oh my God. Bob from Vestal. I love you, buddy. We love them all. They're all part of the family. Anyway, thanks for calling. I hope you have a great afternoon. You as well, and enjoy your manic Monday. <laughs> Absolutely. Still a little time left. Rob from Fort Crane, good morning. Hey, Bob. I love Bob from Vestal and Tom, too. Uh, I just wanted to correct a couple of things you said that weren't true today on your show. One, this, that you said so many courts said that, you know, he had no evidence. The only court that ever ruled anything was the U.S. Supreme Court. And that's the only court that really matters in the end, isn't it? And they said that Trump did not have standing to file the suit, which was a load of crap. And if you read... Uh, Wait, who said that? Thomas's. Wait, who, who said he doesn't... Who said he couldn't file? Court. They said they would not take the case because Trump did not have standing to file the suit. The Supreme Court? For official ruling. Yes. Well, how could they do that? He stacked the Supreme Court. They're all, I mean, the majority of people on the Supreme Court are his loyalists. How could they rule against him? Go read Justice Thomas's dissent in that case. He was disgusted. I know he was. That's why I don't understand a, a Republican-controlled Supreme Court would rule against the former guy. I mean, come on, man. If you feel that way, then why do you keep saying that so many courts have heard the evidence? No... They're the only – nobody's looked at the evidence. No. Well, all the other courts have. But let's face it. If the Supreme Court, the the people that make the law of the land, if they looked at it and said he didn't have standing, and look, they're Republicans. They're Republicans. He, he stacked the court in his favor. He should win all the cases. God, you can't say enough, to, enough wrong stuff. And as far as no, revi no evidence of the, the Bidens, how about six bank records, six – banks turned over the records. How about 20 LLCs set up to launder money? Well, eventually it'll catch up to them. If true, if true, the Bidens could face some very difficult legal challenges. You know that. Let me fi let me finish, Bob. No, I don't have time. I don't have time because we have too many callers. You wait till the end of the program and then you don't have time to finish. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. 
We just don't have time at the end of the show. DJ from Binghamton, good morning. Yeah, that's right. We don't have time. This is we don't have time, right? It's the end of the show. This isn't Bob from Vestal. This is DJ in Binghamton. And Rob from Port Crane, I better be your favorite caller. Cause <laughs> we grew up anyway, so seriously, what's on your mind? You too, Jesse. What's on my mind is I should be everybody's favorite caller, but I, I went to the uh, biggest event of the weekend, the St. Thomas Aquinas, where I was tried to be, my mom tried to raise us Catholic. But anyway, remember that caller, Bob, about four weeks ago? She calls herself Karen, but she spells it with a Y. And she says, you conservatives are not pro-life. You're pro-birth. Remember her? No. Well, I met her. She well, she came over and met. All me. right. She well, good. Sat at my table. So yeah. that that's great. So did you did you wind up having uh, some halupkis? So so here's what happened. That gymnasium is across from where the convent used to be for the nuns. I went in there. First, I ran into Susie Gorman, Messina Gorman, Suzanne, and uh, then that lady came and sat at my table. So anyway. She was trying to convince me. She said, you conservatives aren't pro-life. You're pro-birth. I said, no, we are pro-life. We're not pro-death. And that's a good thing. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Oh, we're almost out of time. We're going to squeeze in, if it's possible. We're going to squeeze in as many calls as possible. But again, a word of caution. When you call at the end of the program, your call is likely to be shorter than if you call at the beginning of the program. So think about that as you plan your calling experiences for the rest of the week. This is Binghamton Now on WNBF. WNBF. 11.54, WNBF Live, Living Color with Bob Joseph. Martin in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air. Okay, real quick. Uh, another uh, novelty they had at the uh, PPAC, they had a January 6th pinball game. I don't know if anybody said anything about that. You know, some of the modes that would light up, it would say, it's the setup, uh, the Babbitt murder, stop the steal, fake news, um, political prisoners, you know, all that stuff. I mean, you know, um, yeah, but they're the patriots, you know, they're the ones that, you know, there was nothing wrong with the uprising and you know trying to overthrow the government oh but they're constitution people so but anyway just you know another- i heard they were selling woke tears in a bottle like you could buy a bottle of something they labeled woke tears <laughs> yeah. oh, you know as they as they said there's one born every minute don't you believe yeah i i played a song on uh I couldn't believe it. I played a great song by Deep Purple um, yesterday called Why Didn't Rosemary? You know, it's about why did she take the pill to take off of uh, the, the movie um, from 68 and um, the first part of Deep Purple, Mach 1. And then I got, it got followed up, boom, by a Trump bobblehead. A Trump bobblehead. Buy one, buy five, buy 50. They're going to run out. They're going to run out. And it was like, I couldn't believe that it came on right after a, a great classic song. You know, but the guy's such a huckster. I'm, yeah, well, I'm, hey, it's a free country, you know, and I, on the one hand, I, I commend him for his success at extracting money from his followers. I mean, it, it seems kind of, um, selfish at first blush, but it's also, uh, brilliant. So if you look at it that way, I think he knows how to play this game. 
Uh, play the fools, I guess. Uh, you well, know. I don't know. Hey, if you like them, here's what I say. If you like them, send them cash. Send them cash. It's not traceable. I appreciate your call. Thanks, Martin. Uh, 11.56, precious few seconds left. Let's check in with Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Uh, hi, Bob. I was out earlier today, so I couldn't call you. Uh, what's going on with Oak Island? They say they said that they ended the... Did they find the treasure? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners knows. Um, I don't know. I saw I saw the end of it just yesterday on the news, and and uh, but they didn't say they didn't say uh, whether if they found uh, 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 the treasure or not. And I thought maybe. Well, I'd give you a call to see you know what happened. Yeah, I didn't hear. I uh, I was watching a different channel. Actually, I was looking for a channel that my TV used to have. I used to pay for something called Showtime. In fact, I'm still paying for it on uh, TV because I signed up for it some years ago. And then I hadn't watched it in a long time. Come to find out, even though I'm paying for it, the cable company won't let me watch it. They put an error message and says, "Sorry, Showtime isn't ava- isn't available for you," even though I've been paying oh, for it. So, it. you imagine? I mean, I just haven't checked it out in months, so it could be months that I've been paying for this. I haven't even been able to get it. But so I was I was heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's my own darn fault for not checking. Anyway, I appreciate your call, and uh, we'll see if we can find out for tomorrow's program if they found the treasure. All right. Thanks, Beverly. I didn't hear if they found the treasure. I bet they did. I just can't believe the cable company would be charging me a monthly fee for a channel that they no longer will give me. But that's not your problem, is it? That's our program for today. I'm Bob Joseph. I'll be back tomorrow on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media.